My mic's not excited as excited as I am, but <laughs> I'm super excited to be with, here with you guys. Hi, hi, all of you at the mission. We love you guys. Hope to see you here soon. Woo! All right. It, isn't it crazy? Like when have you guys ever been in the midst of whenever God is moving and talking, and it's just like you can do nothing but just like say, "I guess that's God." I mean, God is doing it. Like, and it was God spoke a message in my heart this past week, and you know, you kind of you believe that this is what God has placed on your heart, and you write it all out, and you kind of you know, go along and ask God what He wants to say. But then when he when you get to church and he starts confirming it through other people that had no idea what you're about to talk about, you're like, wow, okay, this is God. I, I, God's doing it right here because it's so cool because what, I, what we're going to talk about today, first of all, Naomi started praying about it in the first service. She came over and started praying over me, and she started, for some reason, talking about rest. And she was like, God, thank you for this day of rest. You've, you've uh, just emphasized it so much in the, in the scripture that we need a day of rest and just being with you. And it was like, okay, that's interesting. And she was like praying over me to pray. And then she did, said the same thing while she was praying over the service. And then uh, I heard a couple other people say a couple things. And then we get in here and we sing that Peace Be Still song. And I'm like, okay, all right, God, I got you. You've been setting this whole thing up. And so since he's been setting it up, what I do know is, well, first of all, I needed to hear it, but I do know if God is setting something up, there's at least one person in here that needs to hear this. And so God has prepared this message for you. That's awesome. So this past week, or I was saying in the first service, I'm not sure if it was this past week, because as all you parents know, and I'm brand new to this, okay, three weeks, you don't know what day it is. If you told me it was nighttime right now, I wouldn't be surprised. I just don't know what's going on anymore for the first few weeks of the baby. You know, it's just always feeding time. That's all I know. <laughs> so, like, well, first, changing, then feed. You got to, like, time that fee- the change because if you start changing them when they're starting to calm down, you just ruined it all. You have to start over. You know, you have to get them angry. Okay, now feed. Okay, they're calm. <laughs> but anyway, so... That's been my life for the past few weeks, and uh, I kind of feel bad because, you know, the baby came, and my life outside of my house didn't really stop, and so I had to do work stuff and other commitments that I had, and so I've been running around like crazy, and thankfully, thank God, Michaela was able to quit her job and just stay at home, and, you know, she she says do, doing her job, so that's very cool. Um. But I feel bad because, you know, like I deal with her through the night, but she deals with her for 24-7. And so I get home one night and it was like 10 o'clock at night, kind of felt bad. And she was, the baby was kind of fussy. And so I get her and I put her on my chest. I, I went in our room and I put her on my chest and she just like melted in my chest. She was, she was kind of, and then I put her there and just, She's like, she literally just spread out, laid her head in between. That's a good thing about having a dad bod. It's kind of soft. And so she gets to like rest in there. And so, but that moment was amazing to me as a dad. That meant, that meant so much to me that she would feel safe in my arms, that she would feel like 
you know, usually when there's another kid and they start crying, someone else's kid, you're like, okay, where's the mom? Where's the dad? Here, you take them. Like, because I'm messing this up. You always feel like you're messing it up, right? But to have someone, an individual, my daughter, who now she feels like she finds her safety and comfort in me is amazing. And to have her lay there, and we was just me and her, we had a crazy day. My whole day just, I don't even remember what happened that day. <laughs> like, it just was gone. All I could think about was her, her laying in my chest, the moment that we were having, and just how quiet it was. Like, there was, the, the, all the lights were off. And it was just me and her, and she was just totally content, totally happy there. And it was the best feeling in the world. And it's happened a few times afterwards. The, the other night, Michaela had her on her chest. And I was like, hey, that's my job. That's my job. You have the feeding. You're, I get to comfort. <laughs> and uh, But she, she does a good job. But um, as I'm sitting there, like, like I said, just my whole day stopped. All the noise of my life just stopped. I'm sitting there. I started, like, thinking about her just like her future who she is now the fact that I get to keep her (laughs) and like I started talking to her and it was like we were just enjoying that time and there was nothing else except me and her and this has been something that God has kind of been putting on my heart for a little bit now but he was talking about fading the noise in our lives to enjoy that relationship with him the same relationship that my daughter and I have where, I mean, she doesn't even have to talk to me. She just is there. And that same relationship where it's just you and God, it's quiet. It's just you, peaceful rest. Okay. We need to fade the noise in our life. Noise is all over the place. I, my phone right now is buzzing. A few of them were text messages and people asking things and like, you know, that kind of stuff. But also, Matt Stafford threw a touchdown pass to Kenny Galladay. <laughs> Woo! Go Lions! <laughs> so, <laughs> um, sorry. <laughs> I need this later on, I promise. <laughs> but, um, but there's a lot of noise that happens, right? There's a lot of noise in our life. You probably came in into church today with a lot of noise, whether it's relationships, whether it's Work, whether it's something, there's noise and static going on in our lives all the time. Satan loves to use noise and static of our lives to keep us from clarity from God. That it, it doesn't have to be terrible things. It could just be a lot of little things that he's like, they won't be able to hear what God's trying to say. They're going to be distracted. They're not going to fully dive into what God is asking them to do. He's, he's done this all the time. With Adam and Eve, he distracted them with like, hey, maybe God's holding back. God has something more. And if you eat this fruit, you might be able to, you might be able to experience that. So there's some noise that's static that's going on in their head. He's done it all throughout history, making the Israelites complain. Um, and we have another example of it with Mary and Martha. Now, as they were traveling along, and this is Luke 10. 38 through 42. Now as they were traveling along, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations. 
And she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Quietness and stillness before God will not just happen. It won't be like I, I've found that out too as being a parent. Like there's, she's not leaving like for at least eighteen years. <laughs> she's gonna be here from now on, twenty four seven. Like my life has changed, and if I'm going to have quietness and stillness with God, I'm gonna need to make this happen. Martha, Martha had good intentions, right? They were going to have a lot of people coming over, and if you're having a lot of people coming over, you want to have food, you want to have things ready. She was doing not bad things, but she was not doing the most important thing, not doing the most necessary thing. She was letting all those little things, all the noise, become bigger than the most important necessary thing. Maybe all those people that were coming over to Martha's house would be like, you know what, Martha, it's fine. We don't have food. What Jesus is saying to us right now is so important that we don't really care that we don't have food. We don't really care that the house isn't clean. We don't really care that all this other stuff is going on. What Jesus is saying is so important, and that's what Mary had. She had her priorities straight. She was focused and still at the feet of Jesus. But it's not easy because Mary probably should have been helping Martha. (laughs) She probably should have been getting things ready. And so you, we will always have things that we need to do. But that discipline of stillness, and I'm going to say this word, but we'll kind of go into details about this later. Meditation. Don't think about Eastern religion meditation. We're going to further clarify what, what I mean by meditation. But that stillness and meditation is a discipline. Being still is a discipline. My brain does not want to be still. I get home, and I turn on Netflix, and I sit on the couch with Netflix playing, and I don't even watch what I clicked on. <laughs> I'm on my phone. So it's like I've got, like, noise, noise, distraction, distraction. I've got so many, and I feel more comfortable there, right? That's where I feel like, okay, like, this is the way I, I need it to be <laughs> or whatever. But I'm not doing any of those things well. I'm not listening to this show. I'm not, like, I don't even know what's going on. I'm not really on my phone. I'm just scrolling through, and there's so many stimulus, you know. Every post is a different topic. Every post is something different. So I'm just creating noise. So that discipline of being still is something we have to work on. It's not something that's just going to happen. And it's not something that you just sit down and you do it and it's natural. No, our brains are not that way. I know there's been like an uptick in AD, ADD, ADHD, one of those, I don't know. But I also feel like we've all been that way anyways. <laughs> and it's a discipline for all of us to do it. But in Isaiah 26, verse 3, it says, You keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. <clears throat> Like, I know my mind does not stay. <laughs> it's a bad, like, if, it, if we were trying to get this dog to behave, this dog is running in circles. That's my mind. So it does not stay. <laughs> but there is the discipline and the ability within each of us to stay our mind on God. To, to say, you know what, mind, right now, you're going to focus on God, on God's truth, 
because I trust in him. And we'll go into this. Christian meditation is not emptying your mind, right? When we hear meditation, you hear, empty your mind, find, you know, align your chakras and all that stuff. No, no, it's not this. That's not Christian meditation. In fact, it's quite the opposite. And we'll go into that. Christian meditation is not emptying your mind because part of emptying your mind is so that you could find the strength within yourself. And you don't have the strength within yourself. That's the whole point. (laughs) It's not repeating a mantra because usually mantras are little, you know, blips of human wisdom to try and make you feel better about yourself. You are a strong person. You are like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, in my weakness, he is stronger. If you're going to repeat a mantra... Go ahead and repeat scripture. But it's not about a mantra. It's not reliant on candles, not reliant on music or outfits or something. Christian meditation is filling your mind with God's word. Okay? So it's not emptying your mind. It's actually filling it. Because an empty house, Jesus says, will be filled by something. <laughs> and so we need to fill our mind with God's word. We, we need to focus on God's truth. So instead of just reading through scripture and just kind of like, well, I'll I'll go into that in a second, but instead of just reading through scripture and just kind of reading over it, focusing on it, fixing your mind on what God is asking of you. So instead of letting all those distractions and the noise, take your mind like this, which is typically how my mind goes, fixing my mind on what God is asking of me. What I had uh, Christian meditation explained to me as, kind of, and which I'm terrible at what I'm going to explain to you right here in a second, so it it makes sense that I'd be bad at Christian meditation. Uh, They said, it's like you have a piece of chocolate, and you put it in your mouth, and you savor it. You let it melt. You start tasting the different layers to it, the different um, layers of flavor, the depth of the flavor. I'm not good at that. Like hard candy, I'm just trying to suck it down to the point that I can chew it. <laughs> and like I have, what's that? <laughs> like those Lifesaver mints. I know they're supposed to be a mint that you just suck on. I chew them all the time. And I can't savor things. So what what Christian meditation is, is taking the verse, taking scripture, taking God's truth, and like savoring it allowing, like, yeah, you could just swallow it and, yeah, yeah, I I read my Bible today, but did you savor it? Did you taste the different flavors? Did you let it really go down deep into what's actually in this, right? Like, have you ever eaten something? You're like, oh, I didn't even know that was in there. I didn't taste it. (laughs) Yeah. But if you put goat cheese in something that I have, I will taste it. That stuff is nasty. But... I can't. It's there's something in it that just, um, but savoring, savoring, and not let not just chewing on God's words, swallowing it down. Okay, I read my Bible, but like sitting there, fixing your mind on what God is asking you, focusing on God's truth, and filling your mind with God's word. That's what Christian meditation is, and meditation is throughout the Bible, all over the place. David talks about it. He says, I'll meditate on your word day and night. I'll hide your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. He talks about meditation all the time. And, and Jesus did it all the time as well. Jesus, a lot of times, there was times where he'd go out and it was like kind of daytime-ish, maybe afternoon. And then it said, and night fell. <laughs> night fell on his meditation. He's like, 
oh, oh wow, okay. <laughs> I've been doing that for a while. <laughs> like, I was focusing on God. I got so entrenched with God that I just didn't even realize the time had passed. Like, that's the goal right there. Because for me, five minutes of hard meditation on God's Word is difficult. <laughs> because it's a discipline. And I'm not very disciplined. But it's something that for me, with all the noise and all the distractions that are going on, I'm realizing I need this so bad. And that moment that I spent with my daughter where it was just me, her, quietness, nothing else going on in my mind except for me and her made me realize, like, this is what I need with God, is that quietness, that alone time. Being still before God is an, is an act of bold faith. It's not just not doing anything. Like with my daughter, yeah, it was, it was not doing anything. But then that not doing anything allowed me to focus on my relationship with her, focus on like my hopes and dreams for her, focus on praying for her, focus on what, like telling her I love her, telling her how beautiful she is, like those type of things. That being still is actually a bold act of, fa- act of faith. It's not doing nothing. When you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. You know how I said that Jesus <clears throat> meditated a lot? There was one time, well, there's a, there's a few times that he did this. And there was one time where the disciples were doing all kinds of miracles. They're doing great things. They're working for God, and all kinds of people are showing up. And he's like, that's great, that's great, but you need to go rest and, and eat. He tells them, like, you need to get away, rest, and eat. Okay, so he's encouraging his disciples to go meditate, be with God alone, fill up, rest up, fuel up. And then there's another time. This is right after the feeding of the 5,000. There's a ton of people, and uh, they had just been just helping all kinds of people all over. over. And then he's like, okay, I need to to retreat. (laughs) I need to go meditate. I need to get with God. So he goes, and he's spending his alone time with God, and the disciples are like, all right, Jesus is gone, and if night is falling on his meditation, they're not, they're not waiting for him. <laughs> they're like, let's just meet where we're going to go. We'll head over there, and he'll meet us over there. So they take off. They're on their boat, and if you could think about being out to sea with in an ancient-style boat, which I'm sure was not very, <laughs> not very safe <laughs> and sturdy, and they get hit by a massive storm to the point where they think we're dead, like we're toast. And they're experiencing this storm, this noise, this distraction in their life that's threatening their life. And Jesus comes out of his time alone with God. And what's he doing? Just walking on the water. Like, oh, hey, guys, how's it going? They're like, we're going to die. <laughs> and, and what I think, I, I, I'm not saying this is the only thing, but part of what he was demonstrating was like, Hey, that time alone with God, that time fueling up, that time giving my worries, distractions, cares, all that to God allows me to walk it over any storm that life throws my way, you know? And so he's walking his, just walking casually over the storm. And Peter sees that and he's like, Hey, uh, Jesus, if that's you, I want to do that too. And so Jesus looks at what Jesus, or Peter looks at what Jesus is doing keeps his eyes on Jesus, and he's like, yeah, okay. He gets out, and he starts doing the exact same thing, right? And Jesus is like, see, you're getting it, right? You're getting, you keep your eyes on me, keep your eyes on God, 
focus in on the stillness of God and you can walk over any storm that comes your way. <clears throat> but then, there's a but. <laughs> but Peter starts getting caught up in the noise, in the distraction, in the wind, the waves, all that things that those things that are going on around him and he starts sinking. I think that's pretty interesting that James says that one who doubts is like a wave of the sea uh, blown and tossed by the wind. I, I kind of like, wow. And then in that peace be still, what, is this, what did they say? Peace be still, say the words, and I will. Help me, worship team. <laughs> set, my, set my feet upon the sea, dancing in the deep, right? Peter could have been dancing over those waves, dancing over the deep, just enjoying the, the peace and stillness that God gives him in the midst of the storm. He could have been doing that, but he started focusing on the wind, the waves, all that stuff. The person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. You know that when you have a ton of noise and distractions and things going on in your life, you feel double-minded. You're going in between your, your fleshly, like, freaking out and the peace of God that you know you should have, but you've got so much going on, and then you become unstable, unstable in all you do. Being still is us placing our doubts, problems, and difficulties at the feet of Jesus and accepting his dominion over them. It's not that Peter wasn't going to have a storm in his life. It was where his focus was, where his attention was, where his um, time was going, right? And so it's like, it's not denying the problems. It's not denying the noise because that noise will always be there. Don't expect the noise to go away. It's finding the stillness in the noise, so how does this look? Like, how do you start doing this? What? Because, yeah, I mean, if you go look up meditation on Google, you're going to find a lot of weird things <laughs> and things we wouldn't want you doing. Because um, it's none of it. It's none of that stuff usually comes from a place of finding the answer in Jesus or finding the answer in God. It comes from finding human wisdom and human strength. And that's that's going to fail you. So where do we start? In Philippians 4, 8 says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So that's the where you fill your mind with the things of God. It's not about emptying it. It's about filling your mind with good, true, praiseworthy things, things that are excellent. And then in Romans 12, 2. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. I love that it's changing the way that you think, like it's a process. It's not like God just like, boop, okay, your mind is healed. It's all good now. I wish it was, but that's not how it works. It's, it's a process. It's changing. He's changing the way you think. And um, this, is, this is, don't copy the behaviors and customs of the world. That's fixing your eyes on what is true. That's like forsaking everything else, forsaking all the noise, forsaking all the things that we know is part of the way that the world operates and focusing on what God's, God's thoughts are. And if you know Romans 12, 1 through 2, right after that, the promise that comes after that is when you allow God to change you into a new person by changing the way you think, what then happens is you get clarity. 
when you when you remove all that noise, when you remove all those distractions, allow him to change the way you think, you get clarity. And it says, and then you will know the will of God, his good, perfect, and pleasing will. Right? So you remove the distractions, you get clarity, you get peace, you get stillness. <clears throat> and one of the verses that I thought of as I was sitting there, someone said, I think Justin said something about anchor for our soul. And with that, with that C theme, what is the anchor's job? The anchor's job is like, if you get, well, part of the anchor's job is if you're in a storm, you can drop that anchor and yeah, you'll move a little bit, but you'll be steady right through that storm. It's like, that's, this is what God is trying to do to prepare us for those storms and the noise and distraction that's going to happen in our lives is allow us to have that peace and stillness in all that. We demolish every argument and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I love the, like, forcefulness in that, the way it says that, that we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. A lot of times, my mind is not obedient to what I want it to be. (laughs) But we have that power. We have that ability to take captive every thought, to really not just let the noise and distractions happen to us, but be present and uh, rest in God's power in all that noise and distraction. So I run, sorry, my eyes are bad. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should do. That's what this whole stillness is going to be like with us. It's not going to just happen. Like my, my mother-in-law just ran a marathon and, um, she did not start out running 26 and a half miles the first day. Did you hear about that guy that just ran a marathon within two hours? That four minute miles for 26, he had different guys that would uh, pace him. So they would like jump in and they'd run the pace that he would need to keep up with. And they couldn't keep, I mean, they're like, okay, tag out. (laughs) And he just kept going the whole time. That's crazy. So that was really cool. Um, But anyways, it doesn't just happen. You don't just accomplish those things by, you know what, this week I am going to still my mind and be at peace with God. Like, try and do that for 10 minutes, you're going to be very frustrated. (laughs) But little by little, you can build on the progress that you made the previous week, the previous week, and pretty soon you'll be able to find yourself walking on the waves and all those things that are coming your way. So the encouragement is to fade the noise, focus on your faith, right? Fade all that noise that's going on in your life. It will happen. It's going to come, but focus your faith. Be very intentional about that time that you spend with God very intentional about your scripture reading. Really savor it. Take that. I was going to get Hershey kisses, and I'm sorry. I was going to have a Hershey kiss on every one of your seats so you could take it and savor it. I forgot. (laughs) But it's the thought that counts, right? Yeah. But go home. Maybe go buy a bag of Hershey, Hershey kisses or whatever and savor it and think about doing that with scripture. And what I want to do is just a quick little, I'm going to read eight verses. And whatever you got to do to to focus your mind, like whatever you got to do to like just get alone with God right now, say like, God, whatever this morsel of truth that you want to speak over me in this eight verses, do it. Because if you, like, I'm pretty convinced you don't need, I mean, it's good to have Bible studies like that are focused on certain scripture and all that. But 
this whole thing is a letter to you, and there's something in there in any verse, all right? Every section, there's something that you could glean from it. Just most of the time, we don't want to put the work or the focus into really savoring it, bringing it out. So I'm going to read this, these eight verses, very simple. Eight verses, and just kind of whatever it is that God speaks to you, but be uh, intentional, be ready to hear what God wants to say. I'm going to read them kind of slow and kind of pause just so you can really do that. I'm going to drop it. There we go. <laughs> yeah. All right. Psalm 62. I wait quietly before God, for my victory comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will never be shaken. So many enemies against one man, all of them trying to kill me. To them, I'm a broken down wall or a tottering fence. They plan to topple me from my high position. They delight in telling lies about me. They praise me to my face, but curse me in their hearts. Let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will not be shaken. My victory and honor come from God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where no, one, no enemy can reach me. O oh, my people, trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart to him, for God is our refuge. <clears throat> like, you can have those experiences, that the laying on the chest experience that me and my daughter had. You can have that with God. It's all about like, our intention and our focus, our fixing our eyes and our uh, hopes on him. And his word. It's all there available to us. It's just like, let's take some time this week and then more time next week and more time the week after. God, I just thank you so much that you've opened that door through what you've done with Jesus to allow us to meditate on your word, to spend time with you, to be spoken over, to be loved on, cared on, and just rest in your presence and your strength. I pray that uh, if we're dealing with any storm in our life, Lord, that we would take that time to, even though it doesn't seem like we might, it might, might seem like we don't have the time, I pray that we would take the time to be alone with you, knowing that that time alone is going to allow us to walk over whatever storm, whatever waves are going on. I pray that we wouldn't intentionally or unintentionally add more noise to our life, that we would quiet down any unnecessary noise and focus on you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, you're dismissed.